Welcome to the Hell of a Catholic Podcast. This is Father Josh Allen, chaplain here at the Catholic Center. I'm Anthony Haskin, uh, pastoral lackey at the Catholic Center. And I'm Alex Tatum. From the last podcast. From, from the Dragon Podcast. <laughs> the Dragon Boy. Oh, Dragon Face. The Dragon Boy. That's right. So uh, today I understand that uh, we're going to be talking about the Crusades. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not in charge of this one. I'm just going to yeah. I'm gonna give color commentary. <laughs> we'll restrain ourselves from saying Deus Bolt multiple times on this crusade, but I'm not making any promises. The main point we wanted to get across in this crusade is... Is then po- in this podcast. <laughs> I think you could call it a crusade. You could call it a crusade. <laughs> it's as, or it's crusades, the same noble yes. cause. That <laughs> um, is to correct a lot of misconceptions that befall on the crusades. A that you know we were just a bunch of angry Catholics and we went and messed with the Muslims and mm-hmm. now they're angry and that everything they do now is justified because of the crusades. So we should probably start at the so beginning. So I'm going to suspect that. Almost everyone listening to this podcast, in addition to almost everyone in the world, couldn't tell you a single fact about the Crusades. That's my bet. Probably so. Um, so as you're going to try to debunk myths, we got to like actually give tell some, the fact. Yeah, give some some basics, right? Because right. I don't think people even understand the the basics of what the Crusades were. Uh, even even when they happen, like most people probably uh-huh. couldn't even give you the idea of that. Um, how many there were, although that's a source of some contention, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, um, all that kind of stuff. Predominantly, we're going to be focusing on the first four, mm-hmm. um, and really out of those first four, the, the first, first third, and fr- predominantly the first, because the first is the one that is the most well known, which uh-huh. is the original taking of Jerusalem. And then we'll also mention the third and the fourth one, and then also just because there were bad crusades. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing to be established. There were crusades that there was no need for them to have. Literally, like Pope Martin the Fourth in the 1200s launched a crusade against the Aragonian Empire because they had taken Sicily. And it's like you don't do that. You, <laughs> you don't call crusades against. I mean, other. in the Aragonian Empire, we're now talking about like France, right? Sp- Spain, Spain, France, yeah. Yeah. like right there in the yeah, Pyrenees. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they had taken Sicily and. He didn't like that. He didn't like that. <laughs> Which, why he was such a big fan of Sicily, okay. we'll never know. But anyway. It's, so, a, lovely, it's a lovely island. It is. So if that's why you don't call Crusades, then why do you call Crusades? Well, okay, so first, I think it's... Let's establish a background here of what... Um, so mainly, we're talking about Jerusalem and what did Jerusalem look like throughout the history. Mm-hmm. So obviously, we see Jerusalem during salvation history, Old Testament times, and then in Jesus' day um, this great city of Jerusalem, this holy city, has got the Jewish temple in it and all that. In 70 AD however, after Christ has died the Jews lead a rebellion against the Romans and the city is sacked by the Romans. In fact, it's not even called pretty much any Jews that are in there kind of scatter and it's not even called Jerusalem anymore. They rename it like a very Roman name like Anticlephon or something like that. (laughs) Um, And it stays that way until Constantine takes over the empire in the 300s and then it goes back to being renamed Jerusalem and becomes a patriarchal see and all of that. So from the 300s we have... What's going on in Jerusalem between Titus conquering Jerusalem and than these three I mean it's just it's just I, I mean you do have some of the you do have some Christian and Jewish sects in there but obviously the temple's destroyed so there's there's 
no true worship that the Jews are doing there, and it's pretty much just like it's just the Roman hub of Judea. I mean, it basically just fell into a minor and unimportant city. It yeah. wasn't really yeah. even the Roman hub. No, I mean Caesarea was the Roman hub on the coast. Yeah, I mean it. Real, I mean realistically, it was an important city for the Jews. Once you took that away. I mean, the Romans just saw it as, oh, yeah. it's another city we have out here. And again, it's not till Constantine comes along that it's like, okay, this is Jerusalem. Let's reestablish it as the city it once was, as like this holy city. Only at this point, it's a, it's you know, it's a Catholic, it's a Christian holy city. It's not the Jewish holy city anymore. Hmm. Um, and it stays that way until the six hundreds, and then the six hundreds, Abu Bakr and the Muslims invade. Um, they sack. Jerusalem and it remains in Islamic hands until until the first crusade until the first crusade <laughs> and the Muslims think Jerusalem is important why so Mus- the Muslims think Jerusalem is important because you have the whole dome of the rock thing where if I they can pretty it, positive I believe, yeah. the third holiest site in yeah. after Mecca and Medina, Medina yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, it's where it's where Muhammad ascended into yes. seventh heaven yeah right. where, that's yeah, where the, Gabriel, Gabriel vision come, of something yeah. and yeah. Which is where the Dome of the Rock is, right? Yeah, it's over the, the, the yeah. site where he, he supposedly... He ended up in Medina, I think. It's like he ascended from Jerusalem and then ended up in Medina. Something like that. Something around those lines, yes. <laughs> but they do but, consider it. I mean, it is a, it's the third holiest site for... Yeah, uh-huh. for uh, yeah. I mean, it's a holy city for the Islamic nation. Um, and then, of course, from there, um, they, the Islam, uh, the Muslims, they go from Jerusalem... We go through North Africa, they conquer Spain by 718, all of Spain is conquered, and then we get into, mm-hmm. you know, their battles in France with Charles Martel, the Battle of Tours, right. and then, of course, Charlemagne um, and King Pippin leading the forces against them, all that. But the point being is that from the 600s, this, what was once a Catholic na- Catholic city, has now, is under Islamic control. And anything that is going on there, any... Any Catholicism that's being practiced there is very restricted, mm-hmm. and well, they have to pay the yeah, Jizra and they have to tax. pay the Jizra tax. Um, so, so if that happens, yeah. if it by seven eighteen, various sects of Islamic forces control North Africa, Spain, and all of the Holy Land and the Middle East. Yeah. Then why, I guess, why this gap between them controlling it in the seven hundreds to the First Crusade in? 1095. Yeah, and and so what's seen as, again, Catholics invading the Muslim nation, and it's, I mean, you just see that, and it's like, no, this is Catholics retaking the Holy Land that was once theirs. Yeah, okay, but let's let's talk about that for a second. So we're here in the United States. Yeah. And do you think if the Native Americans were to mount an army... And retake the United States. It hasn't been that long, right? So we're talking mm-hmm. uh, 400 years or so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and we haven't been around. Well, I guess 400 years or so we've been around. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think people would say about the Native Americans uh, retaking uh, the land and tossing out all of the, the you know, I don't know, white people. I'm pretty sure if that happens, Andrew Jackson becomes reanimated and comes back to life. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I the argue, there's obviously the argument of what we did to the Native Americans, obviously. No, 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 but yeah. I, I just mean, like, the idea of someone coming and retaking land uh-huh. 400 years later. 
Yeah. Well, I would say that, you know, the Native Americans, first of all... Did we have a constant concern for it? So between? this is why I asked, yeah. because there wasn't. And, well, because we talked about the Jizra tax, which is what, you know, Muslims, or non-Muslims, so you, Christians and Jews, have to pay this tax. And they're allowed, you know, to worship freely and make pilgrimages yeah. throughout Muslim lands. But in the early, what, in the early, the turn of the century, there's a new Muslim power. Turn of what century? The second century wouldn't it yeah yeah so yeah the seljuk turks come into power and they suspend the jizra tax and they start attacking christian and jewish pilgrimages and this is when this is what sets off the entire crusade the second century so the first so so in like the 10 hundred like yeah the, the, ten, the, the second, second millennium. millennium millennium yeah second, uh, yeah okay. millennium second millennia so yeah the 1000s so we turn into the 1000s and now what's happened the seljuk turks are now the predominant muslim power in the area and, and where beforehand they could just like anthony said pay this jizra tax and then still you know, allowed to do their Christian mm-hmm. pilgrimage and like actually perform Catholic services. Now that's been mm-hmm. restricted. Okay. Now that's been and the Turks are recent converts to Islam too. They were they were conquerors before they uh, converted, and now they're converted to Islam and decided to cut off the Holy Land. And there were other like even in Spain, like the San, uh, the Santiago, yes. or the Camino de Santiago, like that's been restricted to and so this is what this is what spurs on the the call so it's a religious crusades. liberty issue yeah yeah well and, and, okay so also really <laughs> oh, <why? laughs> um, also if we uh, could talking about jerusalem um in the 300s when constantinople reestablishes the city one of the things is his mother saint helena goes and she finds we talked about it yes, dragon, all the holy artifacts when she found the and cross dra- she found dragons and dra- she, well, no <laughs> she <laughs> didn't find dragons anyway uh-huh. um, the way what happens with the cross is part of the cross gets sent to Rome and then other part of the cross stays in Jerusalem is how Helena kind of deems it to be so what eventually sparks the first crusade is and th- I mean this is Catholic tradition but Pope Urban who declares the first crusade he's having a dream last night he has a dream and he feels that and in the dream god is telling him to bring like to bring the cross back and that kind of what calls the first crusade is this call of these christian brothers that are now there's this threat of persecution and to bring the holy like to restore the holy cross now the turks at this point are they the ottoman empire at this point not we yet. Call them the Ottomans. Not, no, okay. not yet. So okay. So the Turks. They hadn't made the first. Are they yet. advancing into Europe at all? They. It was. Um, they're. They're not advancing into Europe solely because of the Byzantine right. Empire. So the Byzantines are they advancing into the Byzantine Empire. Yeah, there's. They're a making between, slow advances. Yes. Yeah. So they That's, kicked the Byzantines' butt at Manzikert in 1071, and that uh, Manzikert it's in Anatolia somewhere, yeah, like modern, modern day Turkey, Asia Minor. Yeah. yeah. And so that spurs the emperor of the Byzantines, who was it, Alexius or whomever, he asked the West for help. Um, so he's like, so there's, the, there's him asking the West for help, and then there's these Christian uh, Christians in the Holy Land that can't practice their faith yes. at also. And so Urban II calls the First Crusade in 1095. So forgetting, <laughs> forgetting about the dream for a second, yes. was this crusade really an attempt to assist the Byzantine Empire? Well, because if you look at it, there the march of the First Crusade is where later they become much more about 
like the navy going trying to like get straight to the holy land they're marching through constantinople in fact i mean we have accounts of like them actually celebrating the west coming mm-hmm. through constantinople they're attacking the turks head on in turkey and then literally they're going through turkey through antioch through acre to jerusalem mm-hmm. but it wasn't billed as like a war per se like yes. pope urban called it uh, an armed pilgrimage so that so that you could go on pilgrimages and you know because realize at the same even, time I mean that yes there's these armies and these knights around but there's also a, a plethora of monks and priests that are making up this crusade. Mm-hmm. I mean this is I mean this isn't what we would think of you know just like an armed assault. I mean this an armed pilgrimage is a nice is yeah. a nice term for it. So would you describe it as um, would you describe it as the Catholic Church taking up a battle against Islam or was it really about land? I see it as the aggressors of the Holy Land. And I mean now obviously there is the thought of like Islam being Islam especially around those times with what had happened with I mean cuz realize all of these lands that were that Islam took. I mean, they were Catholic. They were Christian lands, right? Just and like so I'm, sitting they, on, I'm sitting on Native right. American land. Yeah, and so they see it as, and so there was this thought of this, like these, this attack from the east that is conquering Catholicism. And but I would say predominantly the point is was to the point of the crusade from like the Catholic perspective is to. Is like more of like a reestablishing Jerusalem mm-hmm. and allowing for like the holy city for the practices in the holy city to happen, because I mean it's it's Jerusalem and it wasn't something some people like to paint it as like an early like a prefigurement of European colonization that we're trying to establish this European state in the Holy Land now, um, but it wasn't like the people that were coming that were going on the Crusades were like. There were some European... I mean, in the Third Crusade, you have European kings, but the majority yeah. of the people going on the Crusades are peasants that are taking up arms. Or yeah. uh, it's not like they're you know, aristocrats going over, like, oh, I'm going to carve out my own piece of land in the Holy Land. I mean, you or, have like you have knights and things that are uh-huh. leading the armies, but Anthony's right. A majority of these people are... Mm-hmm. I mean, because literally the call of the Crusade is uh-huh. take up arms and march. Yeah. And, well, because some people see it as these are like the second and third sons of nobles who aren't going to inherit anything so they're going to get there but the majority of nobles that did go were actually either the landed ones themselves or their eldest son not to mention there was there's also talk about with the crusades there was also like this indulgence attached to it Mm -hmm. that these people who had committed you know people either people had committed great atrocities or had been like away from christianity this was you know this was something they could do like to reestablish mm-hmm. themselves in the church yeah this is what pope urban says yeah. he's talking about granting them this indulgence but he's, he tells them if they go for devotion alone not to gain honor or money any who goes to jerusalem to liberate the church of god yeah this is in his the, the speech he declared the crusade in now that being said there are i mean there are stuff that happen but the point being is just like this motivation why the Catholic Church is calling this crusade is not for, you know, us to... It's is not this European colonization. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's this holy pilgrimage to reestablish the holy city. Mm-hmm. And it's, like you said, it's not, like, uh, unwarranted, like... Pe- not, we're not intruding into, like, peaceful Muslim lands. Like, this is a response to 
Muslim aggression, and people seem to paint the Crusaders as like kind of bloodthirsty Europeans that just want to go and you know pillage and get money and yeah Yeah. and um so there were some that did that but the overarching um the overarching theme of it was not right and we have great men that come from it um one of them being uh king what was it emperor godfrey of bull Bouillon, and then his successor Baldwin the first who are two great men for the for the first crusade and eventually become the um, ruler and then king of the kingdom of Jerusalem that's established Mm -hmm. in fact uh, King uh, Godfrey is one of the nine worthies which are never heard of that before (laughs) well it's this establishment um, that came about in the middle ages where it is nine uh, rulers who uh, showed like chivalrous virtue, and there's nine pagans, nine Jews, and nine Christians. The nine Christians are King Arthur, King Charlemagne, and Godfrey. The three Jews are David, Joshua, and Judas Maccabeus. And then the three pagans are Hector, Alexander the Great, and Julius Caesar. And in fact, if anyone's ever been to Cologne, there's actually a statue of them in Cologne. Oh. There's like a, the nine statues of them, and they're called the Nine Worthies. Mm-hmm. But I, I think um, people tend to look at the Crusades kind of from a from an outside point of view. But in order to understand them, like understanding it from the point of view of someone who's going on a crusade is kind of important. And that this religious motivation is the main motivation. Yeah. So, like, I mean, their battle cry is Deus Volt, like God wills it. Yeah. If they're they're saying this, I think we should like give them the credit of believing them exactly. that they, these are actual faithful people. And you know, obviously, yes, atrocities happened, but yeah. those are the the individuals. Like that's the fault of the individuals, not the. The biggest thing that happens with the First Crusade is the same. Once they take Jerusalem, there was with some of the with some of the Christian well, armies. There was also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is. Antioch this. was a disaster. Right. Well, they supposedly find the spear of Saint Longinus in Antioch, and that miraculously spurs them on to win to win the day. Um, well, when they take, then they slaughtered everybody. Yeah, yeah. and then they- yeah. and then w- the same thing happens when in Jerusalem. There is this thought of there. There is this account of them slaughtering. Uh, they um, burn a mosque. Yes, or something with, there's people inside. The thing is, though, is that there are there is a sect of the city that is spared, and that's the sect that is falling under Godfrey and Baldwin mm-hmm. that they refuse to let this happen and their their whole point they're saying like this is not what we're supposed to be doing like uh-huh. this defeats the whole purpose of it and this is why they eventually get established as the rulers is because they're actually like again our point is to reclaim the city not burn everybody down in it uh-huh. it's interesting it would be interesting to apply the church's teaching on just war uh-huh. to the crusades right yeah because the the reason why I asked about the empires, right, is um, aggression is an important part of it, right? With the teacher mm-hmm. just teaching on just war, there has to have been aggression with sure and certain harm, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I definitely see. When, I think when people talk about the Crusades, it's the basic motivation that they question, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm one of the people who is not sold on the, well, 400 years passed, but we want to reclaim the city. Uh-huh. That, that's not convincing to me. Because I also, I know exactly what would happen, and I know what has happened, actually, when Native Americans say the same thing about the United States. Uh-huh. And I don't worry about it one bit. Right? It's like, you want to reclaim it? Well, I, I get it. You can buy the land. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, it's just like things that happened that many years ago are done. 
Um, and I mean, I, people probably get very upset with me saying that, but that's fine. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> that's the, Father Josh saying that, not <laughs> Anthony and I. <laughs> but the 400 years or whatever. Now, the um, Muslim nations or empires or whatever mm-hmm. continually aggressing. Yeah. At some point, you come to a, you come to realize that like we're going to have to do something about this. Mm-hmm. They're not going to stop. They don't just stop. Yeah. Right. I mean, the only reason they didn't keep uh, when when the conquest is happening, the only reason they don't get farther in France is because they were stopped. Right. Then the reason they start like they don't keep progressing in Western Europe is because the Spanish have like finally come together and launched a counterattack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the whole reconquest and that last that's seven hundred years of fighting before Spain actually, you know, gets back the entire yeah. the um the entire Iberian Peninsula. But then it just doesn't stop there. I mean then you start getting the naval attacks you get Lepanto, yep. where they start seeking after Rome. You have the Battle of Malta, which is where the mm-hmm. Knights of St. John come from. I just read a fascinating book on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and the, literally, they're attacking Malta because there is no, like, there is no, other than for a war strategic effort, there's no reason to have Malta. Literally, the only part oh, of Malta. Oh, that's why they wanted yeah. it. Yeah. 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 And so and that's they why everybody wanted it. Yeah, <laughs> so they could launch their attack yeah. on Europe. Mm-hmm. And had it not been for the Knights of St. John with, like, their seven, but it's, you want a 300 story, that is a 300 story, is the, is the Knights of St. John at Malta fighting off, mm-hmm. fighting off that. It. But the point being, um, so going back to the Crusades. Yeah, let's you know, get back to the that, Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to start talking about the Battle of Vienna here. Let's get back to the <laughs> and that, That's way down the, <laughs> the line. Uh, um, and that this this thing, and again, the only reason they're not attacking more in the east is because of the Byzantines. Right. Mm-hmm. And then what happens in the 1400s when Constantinople finally falls? Then it's the then it's the, then it's Islam going to war with. I mean, it's these Turks going to war with Hungary and Austria. Right. I mean that. I, People like to think is oh no they were you know it was just it's a happy peaceful nation and again there were sects of the Muslim nation that were peaceful uh-huh. but there was this call to yeah keep, it's not like one going. cohesive yes. Muslim empire that's just yeah um, so but on the borders there was uh-huh. this push to constantly take more and with Rome really being the end goal mm-hmm. so we should talk about then the result of the first crusade so the what first crusade they established the kingdom of Jerusalem right. so they take it's the only one they made it there right. That's the well, no, no, no. The it. third one, they make it there, but the army is they lose mm-hmm. demolished. Yeah. Right. Um, no, yeah. So they, it's the actual one where they make it to Jerusalem, yeah. and the kingdom of Jerusalem is established. Um, Baldwin the first. So, uh, so Godfrey is made the first ruler, um, but he refused to be called king because he says that the only king of Jerusalem should be Christ. Very Catholic, yeah, very Catholic thing to say, and he becomes like the leader of the Holy Sepul- the Emperor of the Holy Sepulchre, because mm-hmm. you know that's a boss title. Yeah. Um, and then after him, Baldwin the first, his successor, is established mm-hmm. the first actual king of the Kingdom of Jerusalem, and he's actually installed on Christmas. He's coronated on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Just another f- cool Christmas Day miracle. And the reason the first one is successful was like i mean like i said at antioch they find saint longe's spear so the the crusaders kind of have this 
um, idea that this is a miraculous victory, but also by the time they actually make it to Jerusalem, they're not even fighting the Turks. They're fighting um, Fatimid Egyptians that have now moved into the Holy Land from Egypt. Yeah. So the area is more fragmented than when it, than it, when it was 10 years not ago. Not to mention you look at it, and especially during the First Crusade, you see like preparing for battles, you see staunch similarities to the Jews under Joshua. And like, you know, obviously not having the Ark of the Covenant, but like masses mm-hmm. being set before the wall, these priests going around and praying constantly, you know, for for victory and all that. And and you see that and you don't and that's one of the things that differs is then in later crusades you don't really see that. Mm-hmm. You don't see this like armed pilgrimage that's happening. Um but so talking briefly, so then the kingdom of Jerusalem is established. We move, um, kind of skip over the second one. Yeah, the second so. one is boring. Nothing, ha- <laughs> nothing happens. Neither yeah. side really makes any progress. Yeah. Um, so then the third crusade. Like, is the famous one. Yeah, the third. Wait, is, after the first crusade, why do we have any more? We've taken Jerusalem. It's more of, it's keeping Jerusalem. Yeah. Okay. So the yeah the 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 Muslim powers in the area aren't necessarily and that's one content of the other, with leaving Jerusalem in Christian hands. Well, so. and that's one of the thing is they like a lot of Christian scholars would say the greatest um, the greatest fault of the First Crusade was not taking Acre, which mm-hmm. Acre was the city that would have been much more of a military position and could have helped. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, if you look at the Crusaders, the kingdom's not advancing. Like, they're not like, oh, yes, we've taken Jerusalem. Now let's take all these other Muslim lands. It's more of, we want Jerusalem and we're, (laughs) yeah, we got it. And then all these other crusades are helping to keep Jerusalem. Or retake it by after the third one. So. You want to talk about the third one? Oh, yeah. The third one is the one that gets, um, is famous because you have the great. Muslim general Salahuddin, who comes out of Egypt with this gigantic army, and then Richard the Lionheart, yeah, which is right. the reason he's not in England during the Robin Hood stories, You're right? Yeah, so which are complete factual stories. <laughs> yeah, no, completely factual. Um, I think the Disney version was the best. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, yeah. Robin Hood was actually a fox. It's actually a fox. Yes, <laughs> King the Sheriff of Nottingham was yeah. a bear, right? Wasn't he a bear? Yeah, no, no. Uh, uh, Little John was a bear. Little John. Little John was a bear because Little John's big. Yeah, so. Little John was a bear, and then um, Prince Prince John is a lion. Because that's what's important, right? Yeah, now. that's what's important. <laughs> back on. Um, so I forget what's the what's the battle where Richard defeats Saladin. He defeats him in Egypt, and in that's Egypt. one of the that's big like problems. The, that's like the only major battle in the Third Crusade, and that's what that really was the problem. A so like we were talking about where the First Crusade they're marching from Constantinople mm-hmm. to Jerusalem. This was, I mean, this is, they're taking ship. They have their ships uh-huh. full of crusaders, and they're attacking. And you also have you Philip have, II of France, yeah. and then Frederick Barbarossa of Germany, or the Holy Roman Empire, who's my favorite, because he drowns in a river before he even gets to the Holy Land. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like armor weighs him down as <laughs> i crossing a river. So, But they, so Richard sees it as, we're not going to retake Jerusalem unless we defeat um, Saladin. Yeah, yeah Saladin. Saladin. And Egypt. So they go to Egypt, fight him, win the battle, but their army's completely spent. So by the time they get to Jerusalem, it's like they got five guys and a spear. Uh And so Richard goes back to England. Yeah. But the Christians and Saladin kind of come to a tentative peace at the end of the Third Crusade where uh, he's going to allow Christian pilgrims back into. back into the Holy Land. And I think this is where, like, 
the keys to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, they're still kept by, like, a Muslim family, and I think this is where it begins. But, like, they allow the Christians in, but, like, so there's, like, the infighting between the different Christian groups. Like, we give the keys to these um, Muslim people, which I think is very interesting. So that's the Third Crusade. The Fourth Crusade. This is the infamous one. This is the, yeah, this is the one that's like, oh, all Crusades are bad because the, the Fourth Christians Crusade. sacked Constantinople and Well, because A, you don't have this holy pilgrim, like, all sense of this holy pilgrim yeah. is gone, and you just have a bunch of greedy Europeans this that is, they yeah, get the to Constantinople. Are calling these? The Pope, yes. yes. And so the Pope is calling it because Jerusalem needs help. Mm-hmm. However, the Crusaders, they get to Constantinople, and they're like, this is a large city. Well, it's a little more complicated than that. Go, yeah, please. Go so, on. like you said, they're going by ship now. We're, we're not going to march through Turkey anymore to get to the <laughs> Holy Land. So they Venice is where they're going to build these ships, and the Doge, the ruler in Venice, builds this giant fleet of, like, 500 ships or whatever for the Crusaders. Beautiful but then, Venetian ships. That's right. But then not a ton of crusaders show up to fill these ships and he's like well somebody's got to pay for these ships and so he's like all right i'll tell you what i'll do i'll give you these ships if you go and take the city zara for me which is a christian city which so this is a big (laughs) no-no and so the crusaders are like all right whatever we'll go do this for you if you give us your ships and so once they attack zara the pope excommunicates them all so after this they're no longer crusaders zara it's uh, it's between it's Italy the, and Constantinople. It's on it's, it's on the Mediterranean. On, yeah, it's like the age the it's Balkan. On the, it's on the Balkan it's on the Peninsula. Balkan, yeah, yeah. yeah, and so they've been excommunicated now. They don't even take Zara, and so then, <laughs> so then Emperor Alexius the Third of the Eastern Empire in Constantinople is like, well, I'll pay you if you help me fight some battles I have going on. And so they go to Constantinople. They help him secure himself as the emperor and then he's like oh but i don't have any money to pay you and then he gets usurped by this guy who has the coolest name ever mustopheles in 1204 mustopheles is now the emperor and he's like i promised you guys nothing and so now there's all these guys in all their armor sitting in constantinople the greatest city in christendom at the time yeah and they're like well we got to get paid somehow and one they, of the one of the greatest cities in Christendom. I'd say, <laughs> I'd say, largest city in Christendom at okay, the time. There you go. Um, and so they do the unthinkable and sack Constantinople, Constantinople. brutally, and we're not defending that at all. No, but that's the Byzantines what, didn't have their Greek fire yeah. at the time, or it wouldn't have. Mustafeles. 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 What is the name of the the bad guy in Faust? Is it Mephistopheles or is it? It might be Mephistopheles. Yeah. I think no, I think it's, 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 Mephi- Mephi- it's Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles is, yeah. is the short one. Yeah. yeah. So there. That's the fourth crusade. <laughs> the fourth, and then they just keep going, right? Yeah. Then there's just like, a bunch of like and then pointless bunch of ones. ones. And then eventually... Der- St. Francis tries to go on one. Well, <laughs> Saint Fran- the St. Francis story is pretty boss. Yeah. Saint Francis, but it's, a, it's less of a crusading story and more of a St. Francis. A Saint Francis yeah. Awesome I mean, he story. goes in, he, like, he gets the, the Muslim emperor, like, loves him. And so it's like, I will stay, like, whatever, I will give you anything, just stay at me. And St. Francis is like, will you convert to Catholicism? He's like, no, I can't do that. And he's like, all right, see you, bye. <laughs> I think that's the, that might be the fifth, but they get numbered funky yeah. after And so, four, so eventually Jerusalem falls back um, to the Muslims, and then one But Jerusalem- when Francis went, he left uh, friends there, right? He left some of his, uh, uh, when he went as a pilgrim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He left Franciscans there, and they've been there ever since. 
Yeah, I yes. guess. Uh, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah, Francis can still that. guard all the holy sites, uh-huh. right? Yeah, they, they went when Francis. Oh, that's won. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, everything except I think the burning bush is controlled by Mount Sinai is controlled by. Um, well, that's not Jerusalem. No, that's yes. yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. All right. So you wanted to talk about one more? That bush is not still on fire. I'm just saying. <laughs> Is there, the still, bush is there a bush burns. there, though, that they, they claim? They have a bush that they say is the burning bush. Yes. Yeah, however, it, uh, apparently the monastery got sacked, though, recently. Oh, yeah. 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 And for sad. Do you know now, what happened? Did all the icons and everything? I don't know. All I know is, is that it wasn't Because that place yeah. has some of the most famous icons in the world. Oh, no. Uh, uh, Mr. File told one of, he talked about the monastery. It also had, like, some of the earliest transcripts we have of the yeah. Bible was in that yeah. monastery. Yeah. It's an incredible place. I've been there one time. But you did yeah. not see the bush that burned. It wasn't on fire. I mean, I saw the bush. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was hot enough. Did it look like? Did it look like? <laughs> it at one point was on uh, fire. Oh, we'll have to go on the and fire of the spirit. We'll go and put on my mixtape. CC pilgrimage. Oh, pilgrimage to uh, this Greek Orthodox monastery. Yeah, yeah, Saint Catherine's. So after number four, they're off the rails. Yeah, and they're not. You can't call them armed pilgrimages anymore. You have to call them holy wars um, after that. Yeah. And they're, not, but, they're less and less justifiable as you go along. But so. the point being, the fir- I mean, the first one that is... Because the, the problem is, is most people equate the problems with the fourth one with the problems of the first one. Mm-hmm. And they're not equatable. Mm-hmm. They are two staunchly different campaigns, if you will. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the first one is, you know, these people with this goal in mind to retake Jerusalem, to, you know, allow the Catholic brothers, Catholic brothers and sisters to actually, you know, worship the true faith there. Mm-hmm. By the by, the fourth, they're, you know, sacking Constantinople. I mean, I think most people's problem with the Crusades is Christians going to take land that's not theirs. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, the Fourth Crusade is a... In, it's interesting and horrible uh-huh. and all that stuff, but I don't think most people are worried about it. That, that turns out, that's just Christians fighting Christians. Yeah. Um, so I think the... Christians going to take land that's not theirs. The the question comes back to, okay, what's the intent of these these uh, yes. armies? Is it to take the land for the sake of it being land, or is it to liberate these Christian holy sites in order to promote like free worship? Because I mean, the the Muslims will control Jerusalem after the Third Crusade for you know centuries. Yeah, I think yeah. I think the I think the most important factor from a standpoint of something being justified mm-hmm. is the fact that on both in both the western frontier over in Spain and on the eastern frontier in, in Byzantine, that the Muslims continue to advance. Mm-hmm. And at some point you realize strategically that you have to do something mm-hmm. that's more aggressive than just fighting and giving up territory here and there. Right. Exactly. Eventually that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then you can add this other stuff to it, but uh, mm-hmm. um, at least the first one does seem to have some mm-hmm. justification. Um, and they understood that that's what they were doing. Like, and then for a few mm-hmm. after that, now mm-hmm. now it's like, well, I won this, then I lost it, so we're going to retake it, mm-hmm. and that's all fine. And yeah, then, of course, it degenerates into but, whatever it became. Right. Yeah. But those going, that's like, they understood that this was the reason. And Pope Innocent III, when he's sending them out, he says this, You carry out in deeds the words of the Christ. Greater love than this has no man than to lay down his life for his friends. So they're going with the understanding they're fighting for the Christians that are in the Holy Land at the time. So I think, uh, you know, there's two things that people who are completely uninformed about Catholicism will say in fits of hysterics um, as they 
you know, yell and scream about things. It'll be like, but what about the Crusades and what about the Inquisition? Yes. Right, you guys can do the Inquisition next we'll time. We'll do that one, yeah. But, uh, uh, Nobody will expect it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There are myths about the Spanish Inquisition. I think the response to the Crusades, I think one of the most important things, we're talking to people about that, and I I always do this, and when people start bringing stuff up, I'm like, okay, let's talk about the Crusades. What can you tell me about them? Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. People people can't tell you anything, right? They just have learned that the Crusades were horrible and the Catholic Church is terrible because of the Crusades, Etc. 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 And the fact is, it's a lot more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and that's uh, that's almost anything historically having to do with the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just people don't know their history. Um, Hilar Belloc, who's one of the who's we talk about him in apologetics all the time, but he he's a what what was the word Dan came up with? He's an Anglo 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 Frankish. Okay. He's a British French Catholic apologist, and he talks about how. Um, he he uses a curse word in this, so I won't. But he pretty much any history book worth its ilk, <laughs> and you know the Middle Ages. If it wasn't written in Latin, why are you reading it? <laughs> and I think the thing is, is that you know, and I don't want to get on the subject, but because good gosh, every podcast is going to turn into the historical critical method. Yeah. <laughs> but the well, thing are, is yeah. also is is that I mean. Once Protestantism comes around, you have this huge battle between Catholicism and Protestant in Europe, mm-hmm. and then there is just a lot of whitewashing of, of history. And then, obviously, as much as we would like to shy away from it, we are a puritanical Protestant nation, so obviously any history we have is going to paint the Catholic Church in a bad light. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, I mean, that's just how it is. And I mean, again, stuff that the people... Okay, and let's establish one thing. There is the church and there's the people in the church there are things that the people in the church have done that are very bad things however that does not discredit the church as a whole Mm -hmm. I had something but I forgot (laughs) oh if you want to be able to talk about the crusades there's more you can do than just listen to this podcast because we've a brief history is not but there's a book uh Thomas F. Madden, I think it's called A Brief History of the Crusades, is very good. Concise, if you don't want to read volumes and volumes. About there the is also a book by Hilar Belloc called The Crusades. The Crusades yes. That's also, it's uh-huh. it's only, it's it's short, but the problem is it's yeah. Belloc short, so it's right. still going to take you like Why well, use a hundred words when a thousand can yeah, do? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and not to mention, well, this podcast comes out next week, right? Sometime. It comes out when I say it. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Because I would say Monday we're having a class on the Crusades, but yeah, this will come out afterwards. Yeah. Uh, we'll, just, we'll just make them listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Uh-huh. Don't come to Apologetics. Just listen to the podcast. Well, another thing, so Crusades, our period of time is then 1095 to when, when did the whole thing kind of end? Uh, 1204 was the fourth crusade. Yeah, and so, then it, Jerusalem is resacked. Technically, if you want to call the Reconquista a crusade, I mean, well, that doesn't end the until There are other crusades. So. Like, literally, the Spanish Civil War in the early 1900s was considered mm-hmm. the last crusade. Right. <laughs> and you have the Albigensian Crusade, where they go and fight the heretics. In All right, so France. I guess my point is, <laughs> yeah. even if we just take 1095 to 1204, right? Uh-huh. Uh, what did you say? A hundred and some years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So even if we just take those, then anybody who thinks that they can sum up a hundred and some odd years history in 
a three-word accusation against the church yeah. uh, doesn't know what they're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Things are always more complicated. Doesn't know, Jack. Uh, and the point is, I think, at least hopefully we've pointed out a little bit uh, of the complexity of the whole thing, and uh, I don't think we don't want to uh, uh, come across as saying that uh, anybody sitting here uh, talking today on this podcast is like 100% behind the Crusades and no. everything that happened. Um, but it's more complicated than that. And especially when we look at the very first crusade and the things that followed, um, there's a lot more justification there than people like to admit. So it's an interesting thing to study. And there's a lot of books. There's actually been some more recent books written as well. Um, Thomas Asperidge wrote a book. It's actually a pretty good book. I mean, it's a little, it's a little uh, jaded, but it's a, it's a pretty darn good book on the crusades. And, um, uh, actually won some sort of award just recently. Um, Very good. Uh, But at any rate, if you have any questions or comments, um, you can email us at podcast at gtcatholic.org. And God bless Dave's fault. Day's fault.